Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3, so stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hi, this is your host, Alex, and today uh, we have Rennie with us. Rennie has been running his own digital marketing agency straight out of college and shifted into Web3 after noticing a big need in the market. Hello, Rennie. How are you doing today? Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Um, what about yourself? I'm great. I really don't like the weather today, but I'm really excited we're having this podcast. And let's jump straight in. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into Web3? Yeah, of course. Um, so how, how I actually started my career, I studied PR and advertising at university in London. Uh, and in my last year of university, I started an e-commerce agency. Uh, we obviously focused on helping e-commerce stores increase their revenue, boost their digital presence um, and acquire more clients, essentially. Uh, however, I did that for three to four months. Um, I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, it was it was pretty successful. I was doing good revenue, especially for a, for a university student. Uh, but the only problem was that it was super repetitive. So each month we would be setting up PPC campaigns, paid social on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and I didn't really um, get to learn much more from that. So I was, I was already investing, uh, not much. It was more of a hobby in, into different cryptocurrencies. And I, at one point I, I just looked at it and thought, well, why not make a career out of this? Uh, but not so, so much on the investing front, more so on the marketing front and helping, uh, startups, scale ups to actually, um, build their communities and uh, hit their goals. And from there, that's where the social laboratory was created. And uh, ever since we've just been working um, in for the last one year in the market, uh, obviously a few months ago, it was going a lot better right now with the with the bear market. It did slow down a bit. However, we're still working with uh, numerous clients and helping them scale their uh, ventures. How is it like uh, being the, an agency founder at your age? Uh, honestly, it was it very stressful. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So it was, it was quite stressful when I started. Um, I, I previously, uh, in my second year, I did a bit of work experience for a couple of months working in an agency. Uh, however, the difference was it was a lot more traditional. So they, they worked with more um, traditional Web2 businesses, you could say. Um, so in terms of skill set, I did, I did acquire a lot of knowledge, uh, during that period of time. However, in terms of actually scaling my own business and entrepreneurship, I did, uh, have to learn the hard way, uh, which was, which was for Google and making my own mistakes and learning from that. Um, however, it did pay off uh, within a year. We managed to, to scale to, to a pretty solid business model, uh, with a good reputation. Uh, and hopefully that, that keeps going for us. What kind of companies are you working with at the moment? So we tend to, we, we focus um, on companies that uh, have other have either just done their fundraiser, uh, so they've just raised capital and they're looking to get started. We also work with companies more so on a consulting basis who are uh, pre-launch, um, looking to sort of um, put down their foundations and start building um their digital presence before actually raising any funds uh, to both start building their community as well as attracting investors. Uh, we also do work with bigger companies. Uh, one of them was Whale Map. Uh, with them, we help them uh, 
really, really work on their strategy as well. Sort of, uh, obviously bigger companies have in-house marketing teams, but there's only so much that they can do as well. So we come in and sort of help them, uh, more, more with the, with the technical stuff as well as actually, um, better understanding their strategy and how they can move forward and scale to the next level. But I mean, everybody in Web3 is pretty new. And I think especially on the marketing side, like you can get, you can't get enough help, let's say. Yeah, that that's true as well. And um, obviously Web3 marketing differentiates from Web2. So um, one, of, one of the most in-demand uh, services that we used to provide when we were uh, an e-com agency was paid social, paid social and PPC campaigns. Um, I have not set up one of those in over a year, uh, simply because there isn't any demand for it. Um, so one of the main services we really provide is uh, organic community growth. Um, we've seen, we've seen the demand for that rise, even, even in a bear market, because regardless that, you know, the product uh, or service that our, our clients sell might, might have slowed down. They still want to have that community behind them, a cult like following that, that is there to support them. Um, and when, when the bull market comes, um, they've already got that motivated and enthusiastic crowd behind them, uh, who are willing to support and promote their product. So. We're really, we're really focused on that at the moment, helping them um, figure out their ICP, uh, figure out what platforms work best for them and um, get them ready for, for what's to come in the next year. I've actually noticed a lot of companies that know exactly who are, who's their target audience and they've done all the entire business model around that. And I think that's amazing, especially when it comes to women communities. And I think that's a, I know it's a niche, but I've, I've taken a pretty close look to that. Um, so when it comes to this, what are the first steps in defining an ICP? Because I know a lot of companies are still struggling with how to define it, what to look at, um, who are they addressing to? Um, and I also know a lot of people have been asking me, I've, I've been asking them, um, who is your target audience? And they've been told, telling me, oh, everybody using crypto. And I think we both know it's not really like this. So can you maybe give me a bit more details about like, how would you define this? Like, how do you, how do you go about defining this? Yeah, of course. So like you said, the, the, the one of the main problems that uh, we notice when we're on a onboarding call or a discovery call with, with our prospects is that uh, when we ask them who their, um, what their ideal customer profile is, they, they give us a profile that's far too broad um, and they don't actually understand, they don't fully understand why they want that profile, uh, that, that, that specific user to be part of their community. Um, so the first steps we really take is actually figuring out um, why they even started the project and what problem they solve. And from there, we actually try to figure out um, <clears throat> what what connection they can build with their ICP. Um, so uh, what what is the why behind why they're together, uh, why that, that specific user is part of their community and uh, how we can build a relationship. So we, we, sp we also figure out where they live digitally. So uh, the people, uh, the users of Twitter are pretty different to the users who are on Discord. Um, and for each business, we define an ICP for each platform because, uh, for example, in the case of WhaleMap, the, 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 the users we have on Twitter who are part of our community are completely different to those who we have on our Discord. Um, and that, that's, that's, that brings me to the next point, which is, uh, the second problem with, with a lot of the businesses that we speak to is that they repurpose the content for each, each one of the platforms they use, um, which doesn't really resonate with, 
with their audience on each one of those platforms. Uh, so we kind of, we ensure that they actually fully understand what their goal and objective is on the platform and who they actually want to uh, resonate with and bring into their community. Can you also tell us like, why do you think it's so important to, <clears throat> to know your ICP and to do it right from the beginning? Yeah, uh, of course. So in this space, there's so many unique projects uh, which are solving problems that uh, haven't necessarily been addressed before. Um, so, so it's really important to really niche down to who you actually target because uh, the web free space in general uh, has so many different sub niches and um, not necessarily everyone would be interested in your product. So you really need to find that community who are going to be passionate. And because every, well, most things are done organically here. Organic growth is really um one of the one of the most important strategies in this space. Um, if you connect with your with, with your ideal customer uh, organically, it'll be a lot easier going forward because if they're passionate about the project and they really enjoy sort of the mission um, and the goals and objectives you're trying to hit, they'll help you actually grow. They won't just be part of your community sort of waiting for you to post something. Uh, they'll be engaging with you. They'll be spreading your message, getting other people involved with you. Um, and yes, that, that's that's sort of why why it's important to really understand who you want to be targeting. I actually know a project that raised money based on the community they built on TikTok, <clears throat> just to prove that there's a, a need in the market for what they're building. So I thought that that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. C community uh, really, really does um, define a lot and, and does define a project. Uh, even even nope. even so, from the product side, rather than releasing um, new updates and just launching updates and then waiting for feedback, you go to your community and ask them what they would like to see, what they enjoy about the current product or service that you're offering, uh, how you can better it, and that way you can efficiently scale uh, your business as well, just just for improving your product by directly communicating with with your community. But what does community mean, though? Because I know uh, we've been talking a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a great question. So community is essentially the, the backbone of any project. Without a community, obviously, the project is not going to survive. So it's not just your customers um, who, are you, who are part of your community. It's people who are actually passionate about your project, uh, your goals, and they have you, you have that common... Um, you have that common vision and goal and you both want to achieve it both you from a, from a business perspective as well as your community as individuals um, and you share that common goal and um, community essentially interacts with you they, they they offer you help they offer you advice um, it's more than just paying customers who are there just for your services it's people who are actually passionate and, and care about your project one of the things i really enjoy is the fact that community in web3 goes back to what i really enjoyed about marketing in the first place so it's basically what you said that core that's those supporters those people with whom you're building your your product um after all so i think that's pretty amazing and when it comes to web3 um, but what are the, what do you think are the biggest mistakes, um, web three startups owners or web three marketers are doing when defining their audience? Um, so first of all, spreading themselves, uh, too wide. Um, they try to target a really big 
a really big audience, you could say, which doesn't necessarily have anything, anything in common with them, or even if they do, it's not necessarily the right thing to have in common. Um, that's one of the issues because that way it's a lot harder to get the initial traction and get the initial engagement. Uh, second thing is also spreading themselves too wide. Uh, we always advise our clients to, to focus on three different platforms max when they start, for example, Twitter, uh, Telegram and Discord. Um, we've come across prospects who have been utilizing YouTube, Discord, TikTok, Twitter, um, a bunch of different platforms. And that way it's a lot harder to actually, uh, first of all, grow your community and secondly, manage it. Because you have so many different communities and that way you have like five, five plus communities with, with not many members, but you still need to consistently engage with them. Eventually you'll lose them because the third mistake that they make is consistently repurposing the content. Uh, what our Twitter users want to see uh, on Twitter is completely different to what our, our Discord users want to see. Uh, so if we consistently feed our Discord users, our Twitter, uh, our, the same uh, content that we post on Twitter, they'll eventually just leave us because there isn't really, um, firstly, uh, a relationship between us. There isn't a connection and there isn't really a reason for them to stick around. Um, so those are the three, three main mistakes that um, business owners in this space make when, when building out their ICP. Makes sense. Yeah, it's exactly what I was saying before. Everybody asking Web3, uh, they will say they're, they're addressing themselves to everyone. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> let's say somebody has worked with you. What are the next steps you take in creating the community building strategy? Um, so, so, so do you mean once we, once we build out the community, what are the next steps? Once you've built uh, the persona, you know exactly who you're targeting, you know exactly who you're going after. Um, so what are the next steps in, in creating this community building strategy? Yeah, of course. So if we're starting from scratch, um, obviously to get the initial traction, it's not enough to just be scheduling posts on, on, on Twitter, on Discord. Um, because there isn't really an audience at that point. You, you do need to obviously publish content, but one thing uh, marketers and agencies often overlook is engaging with other bigger accounts and people, other users who are relevant to, to sort of what you do. Um, so we, we, we really take the time to actually research other accounts uh, who have a similar ICP, who, who are solving a relevant problem, uh, not even direct competitors, but uh, maybe indirect competitors, maybe people who are just from the space, um, and are, are part of, of that sort of sub niche that you're part of. Um, and we take the time to build relationships with them through engaging, adding value consistently. Um, and that way you're already opening up yourself a whole new channel, um, by engaging with, with their, with their content, their user base gets to see that and they might click through, they might not, depending on how, uh, how much value you're adding, but that's, that's sort of the initial part of actually getting that traction. So let's call it a bit of brand awareness, I'd say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and obviously that, that varies from platform to platform with, with Discord, it's a bit harder because, um, on Discord, you sort of got your own server, uh, your, your own community, um, and you don't want to be going around to other communities and just uh, saying, click through to us. Uh, we've got a great community, which we see often on discord. Um, and that's, I think that, that there isn't a worse approach because you're, you're being annoying, you're spamming other communities. Um, nobody will actually nobody will actually want to click through to your community. Um, 
So finding a way to get people to actually, if, if Discord is obviously relevant to your business model, uh, but finding a way to get people to click through to your Discord is essential. Um, if Discord is 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 part of the campaign, um, so yeah. So that's kind of the the, the main issues. When would you um, suggest a business to go on Discord? Now that you've mentioned it as well. Um, so it really it really depends on the business model. Some businesses don't require Discord at all. Um, Discord is irrelevant to them because Discord is more for, I'd say, more so for creative projects um, or projects that have already a pretty big community. Obviously, certain projects such as NFT ones they require a Discord community from the start, um, simply because that's where um, a lot of their ICP, for, regardless of the project, a lot of NFT um, fans, you could say, uh, reside digitally on Discord. So it's it's a great it's a great way to 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 first of all manage your community. Secondly, in in the bear market, um, obviously things are going slow in terms of business, but in terms of community, one great way to actually engage with them is through Discord and by gamifying their experience. Um, most people are pretty, pretty sad and depressed in the current state of the market. Me personally, myself, uh, definitely am. Um, but the, the main thing is to really find a way to engage with them. Um, and one thing that's worked pretty well for us and our, and our, um, clients is by gamifying the experience. So rather than just engaging through, through posts and, you know, uh, conversation, find a way to gamify their experience by maybe hosting, um, weekly tournaments. If uh, we, we recently worked with an NFT project, um, that, that, that basically it was, it was relevant to, to writers and poets. Um, so we had, we had a weekly competition, uh, a word game, uh, which had a leaderboard and people would come week on week, uh, to compete against each other, uh, meet new community members and engage with others. Um, so, so if you find a way to gamify that experience on discord, you'll be able to actually retain your community, which is obviously an important aspect as well. Before we move forward, I want to ask you something. Um, something that I've noticed is the fact that a lot of people have been complaining about their Discord community. Um, let's say that, oh, we're getting all these people there, but we don't know how to engage them. And we also they also don't know if those people that are getting there are people that want to engage. And I think it's a very, just to make a comparison, I think it's a very similar situation with how things have been in like, I don't know, 2015, let's say, or the beginning of um, Facebook and social media and everything where everybody was just creating all these strategies on engaging people. And I was wondering like, um, if there any, if there's anything um, that you would suggest that triggers people in a way and they would want to um engage more uh, in that community that they are in yeah absolutely so um in all honesty the space is obviously still new so um there isn't actually a proven strategy or algorithm to get the engagement you need um obviously. regardless of what, what yeah regardless of what people say there's no way even people who've been marketing uh web free projects from from the start of web free which is only what uh, a year or two uh, maybe a bit more um, in terms of strategy, when uh, obviously in, in a bull market, it's a lot easier to get engagement because people are excited. Um, 
your community wants to get more information. They want to be the first ones to hear about any updates. So there's consistent engagement in that sense. Uh, whereas in a bear market, when things slow down, like I mentioned previously, um, and, and it, everything's going slow and uh, a bit harder than you'd want it to be going, uh, getting that excitement is obviously hard because there isn't consistent updates. There isn't um, new things going on. So you need to, um, firstly, like I previously said, I think gamifying and finding a way to entertain your community um, is a great way to get them to engage. Uh, in terms of as well, if you, if you make any, you need to strategically plan when you announce, um, any new updates or, um, oh yeah, any new updates, because from there you can host AMA sessions, which is great for firstly, uh, building a connection with your community, building a relationship with them and being fully transparent. So, um, if, the, if anyone has a question, they can ask you directly and you need to answer on the spot. It's not like, uh, an automated email or a help desk. Um, so it's, it's really just finding a way to excite them, even regardless of the state of the market. Yeah. Makes total sense. Now let's talk facts. Can you give me an example of a project you've worked on and your approach? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So one of one of the most recent projects I've worked with uh, was WellMap. Uh, I'm still the CMO at WellMap. Uh, we what we what we do at WellMap is on-chain data analytics. Uh, it's a B2C uh, yeah B2C business model. Uh, we have just over 170,000 users registered to our platform. Uh, a pretty strong Twitter community with over 100,000 users uh, followers. Um, we are also on Discord and Telegram. How we scaled our Twitter, uh, we firstly, we've invested absolutely nothing, both in terms of paid social and in terms of influencer marketing. Um, we, we post consistently, we create content, um, essentially on a daily basis, um, content that resonates with our users. We, we pin down our, our ICP. Um, and one thing that worked really well for us, um, which uh, a lot of businesses struggle with is influencer marketing. Uh, we managed to get to, well, two of uh, arguably the biggest influencers in the on-chain space, uh, Will Clement and Anthony Pomp, uh, to work with us uh, simply by consistently engaging with their content, adding value, um, and it led to them eventually reaching out to us. Um, and from there, obviously, when, once you have that sort of validation behind you, uh, once you have two, two of one of the lead, two of the leading figures in this space sort of, uh, endorsing you, um, engaging with your content that gives you credibility. And once you build credibility without buying it, once you organically manage to build credibility, things get a lot easier and smoother at that point. Um, because no matter how much money you invest in this space into, into, into ads, um, Paid, paid social or even influencer marketing, it's, it's really hard to buy credibility because people in this space are a lot more aware and uh, wary of what's happening. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was sort of the approach of WellMap and, and with, with Twitter. And from there, obviously, people who are interested in what we're doing on Discord would click through to Discord, Telegram, um, website. We also had um, a pretty solid following on our uh, newsletter, the daily, the, the, sorry, the weekly digest, uh, which had, um, I think it was around 170,000 uh, readers uh, with an average open rate of 30 to 40%, which is pretty significant. Um, so yeah, overall, it was fully organic. It did take a bit of time. It did take um, 
over a year to actually get to the point. Uh, but if you if you look at what we're doing now, even with the bear market, we're still releasing new charts. We still have a cult like following behind us. Um, we're consistently engaging with our content, adding value, and still excited about what the, the future of the project. So I think it's safe to say that um, projects can still survive in a bear market, right? And yeah, they can absolutely. Still build. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you've got that community behind you who still believe in the project and um, give you that support you need, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to to survive. Are there any trends that somebody in Web3 should really hop on at the moment? In all honesty, at the moment, I haven't personally seen many trends. Um Finding find the, the hardest thing right now is is finding ways to keep your community engaged and, and retention uh, simply because more and more people, unfortunately, are dropping out of the space because they either don't believe it. They've been part of um, something similar to what happened at FTX. Uh, so a scam, essentially. Um and it's, it's really hard for, for these, for these people to kind of, well, for, for businesses to retain their communities and ensure that they're still engaged. Um, in terms of actual trends though, um, recently I haven't seen anything, but, uh, one great source of, uh, information for me is, uh, I believe it's called the Milk Road, uh, a newsletter. Uh, I about that well. I love it. Yeah. 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 It's great. So, uh, that's kind of one, one of, one of the main sources of information for me, but, uh, from most of the recent posts, I don't think there has been any any trends or any personal trends that I've myself noticed. Is there any advice when it comes to marketing in general or user growth for Web3 startups? Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a pretty broad question. Or we're going back to basics, like know your ICP. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, it depends on sort of Firstly, your business model, because um, depending on whether you're B two B or B two C, that'll be first. That'll be the first sort of difference um, in terms of how your strategy will look. Um, we've had clients. Pe- people would people would probably argue that LinkedIn is a web two uh, a web two social media, which isn't really relevant to web three. But uh, going back to trends, actually, one trend I have definitely noticed is uh, a lot of web three and blockchain natives uh, joining LinkedIn and really trying to grow their network through there. Um, I've I've been I've been really fond and a big believer of LinkedIn for for a while now, so I've managed to kind of give myself a head start. Uh, but I do see a lot of marketers, web three marketers, a lot of web three business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, even even um, business development uh, managers joining right now and really trying to uh, solidify their presence. And uh, we actually did uh, research at WhaleMap once. We compared all of our um, competitors, uh, direct competitors, and we looked at uh, social media platforms, including LinkedIn, and the ones who are most active on LinkedIn and had uh, the most followers and engagement, uh, they actually had the most funding and it was... Well, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place, um, and it was there was a direct correlation between the the funding that they managed to raise. So um, maybe there is that that trend with uh, firstly web free natives joining LinkedIn, and the second one being uh, with the strongly the stronger presence on LinkedIn is the not the easier, but the more likely it is you will be able to raise funds. Uh, more like uh, from a credibility st- uh, standpoint, right? Yeah, first of all, credibility. And um, 
a lot of VC uh, funds that are investing in 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 web free space are obviously more traditional VC funds. So you'll more likely find them on platforms such as LinkedIn rather than uh, Twitter and Discord. Um, there obviously is uh, a rise in the amount of solely web free uh, VC funds. Um, however, most of the money is still with with, with more traditional uh, banking systems. Would you suggest here um, looking more into the the growth of personal accounts like the CEO or the founders or the the page? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was actually one topic I wanted to touch base with you is personal branding. Um, for me personally, from from the social laboratory perspective, as um, as the founder of the marketing agency, we have two completely different personas. I post on my LinkedIn on a daily basis and I have my own personal brand. Um, and most of our inbound leads come through my uh, LinkedIn account. Um, this is again, this is going back to the basics when I mentioned uh, if you're B2B or B2C, in, in the case of the social laboratory, we're a marketing agency, so we're obviously B2B. Um, People see my content, people engage with my content, they like the content and they'll come back to me saying, hey, Renny, um, checked out your page, checked out your website, uh, pretty interesting what you do, can we grab a call? Um, through, whereas in the case of uh, a business business branding, we obviously work on that as well. We have a newsletter with the social laboratory called The Marketing Evolution. Uh, we also post consistently through uh, our company, LinkedIn. Uh, used to do Twitter, but there wasn't really much value in that. So we focus more on LinkedIn. Uh, but yes, there's definitely, there's definitely a reason to grow your personal brand alongside your business brand, whether you're a, sorry, uh, whether you're a CEO or an account manager, there's definitely, um, that's definitely something you'd want to work on. Fair enough. Um, I know I've already asked you, but I wanted to see if there's anything you would want to mention on the user growth for Web3 startups. Um, Are there any tips or anything you can mention when it comes to that? Yeah, so definitely, actually. So firstly, really in, in specific, specifically in these times, uh, really focus on um, building strategic partnerships. That's one thing that helped us acquire uh, more newsletter readers, uh, more followers on LinkedIn, both from my personal and business account, is strategic partnerships. Find a way where both parties can benefit. Find a company that's a company or individual that's solving a similar problem to yours, not entirely the same. So there isn't really um, conflict of interest. Um, and yes, yeah, so strategic partnerships, definitely one way. Um, secondly, engage, engage, engage and add as much value as you can to other accounts. Right now, you, right now you, you're not going to have more free time than you do right now, because uh, regardless of your product, I'm, I'm sure most companies are obviously building their product. Uh, but because the lack of business going on at the moment, you have a lot more free time to so be creative, uh, find ways that you can actually engage with your audience, find ways that you can find new audiences and, and new channels. Um, and that's, that's one of, one of the ways that we firstly grew both at whale map as well as the social laboratory is through engaging with other bigger accounts, um, getting their audience to see us and getting them to click through. Um, yeah, th those are sort of the main tips I'd definitely give. Um, in terms of actually looking at platforms, um, 
we've we've seen good growth with YouTube. Firstly, both um, I think it's called YouTube Shorts, um, as well as just more long 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 form content. Um, with YouTube, it's a bit more complicated because you need to know how to um, firstly create good tags, um, reach the relevant audience, promote it uh, organically. Um, and actually take the time or hire a team who, 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 who are good at editing, um, and actually finding ways to make content that would be engaging and interesting to people. But, uh, overall, not just specifically for YouTube, but, uh, long form video, both short and long form video content has been, um, something that has been increasingly popular in this space. Can you give an example of a tool you'd recommend using? And if, it, if it's a web three tool, it's even better. Yeah, of course. So, um, in terms of firstly, analytics plays a big role as well. It may be all community driven, but you still need the data, uh, to sort of prove, prove your hypothesis. Um, for websites, we, we tend to use either HubSpot or SEMrush for SEO, uh, with, with the more traditional socials such as, such as Discord. Uh, Twitter and Telegram, you obviously have analytics within the app. There isn't currently any software or platform that is unique to Web3 that stands out to me at least. Uh, might need to do a bit of research into that, but I believe there are multiple platforms being built right now. Um, one, one thing that I've recently, um, done, done a trial of and utilized is, uh, Jasper AI. Personally, I, I love writing, but at the moment I don't have enough time to write for myself, uh, my own content, simply because uh, I'm, I'm writing my client's content. Uh, and I don't really want to outsource it. So I, I checked out Jasper AI, which is an automation tool, uh, artificial intelligence that writes content for you, both long form and short form. Um, and it's pretty good. It's pretty knowledgeable. Um, I'd recommend checking that out if you don't have time for your own personal stuff. Um, pretty interesting tool and interesting to see where they go with that project. We were actually looking at it yesterday, so we haven't really tested yet, but like it's it's on the list, let's say. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed this week's trend is that all the web-free experts are now AI experts. Uh, my feed was filled with uh, people talking about AI and the future of AI. Uh, when last week they were on about Web3. So it will be interesting to see what, what happens in there, that space as well. For sure. Um, well, Reni, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you? Yeah, of course. So uh, LinkedIn would probably be the best one, um, as well as Telegram and Instagram. I can link you with both of those. But if you type in at Reni, R-E-N-I, Achkar, A-C-H-K-A-R on, on Telegram. That'll probably be the easiest way you can uh, contact me. Well, we'll leave your um, your socials like in the description of this episode as well so that we can find you a lot easier. Um, I think that was it for today. Thank you so much for coming and um, um, chat soon. Perfect. Thank you for your time, Alex. That was a pleasure speaking to you. Ciao. Bye. Bye.